Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined by impressionist extraordinaire, John Coleshaw. Oh, he's brilliant. And the great it? thing about John is that he is an impressionist, but you don't have to you don't have to coax them out of him. You just have to mention a name and off he goes. Harry, that doesn't even He, he loves doing his, them. Just it's amazing, isn't he? Watching him do them close up is quite amazing. Uh, so he was on good form and took us through the card with some great old impressions and some new ones as well. Um... Mark Butcher joined us, former England batsman. He's now a singer-songwriter, guitarist, amongst all his work in, in the media, on cricket. And he's got a new album out. And uh, we played a few tracks and had a chat with Butch, and he explained the process and how he uh, came to do that, actually, when he was still playing cricket. That's, that's what you're going to hear. Is that right? Yeah, Good. that's right. Here it all is. Good afternoon, Andy. What game of cricket we got oh, going on here? I think we, I think we kind of thought we might be over uh, by the time we got in, or pretty, pretty much over. It's, uh, it's all about, you know, can they if, they if they're there in the 50th over, they'll have won the game. But yeah. they've only got five wickets left. This kind of suits Donny this because yeah, he probably get out now. I've said that, but he's been very slow, and he's got <clears> time in this particular game to really get in. And of course, he is one of the best finishers in world cricket. But you'd have to make New Zealand massive favourites from here. Yeah, 240 uh, India need that, 83-4-5. Yeah, and about uh, 32 overs left. Got yeah, plenty you said of, plenty, plenty of, of time, overs. Plenty but, of time, but uh, no. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. We'll keep a good eye on that with yeah. Guy Swindles. Uh, Australian cricket coach uh, Justin Langer says he writes motivational quotes on his mm-hmm. wall at home in Perth. So do I, actually. They say, don't write motivational quotes and stick them on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> And where'd you put those? <laughs> yeah. I hate that. I've got... That. See what you make of this thing, sorry. This is uh, Boffins. Uh, athletes who urge themselves on using the second person are more likely to achieve the greatest marginal gains. Sports people have a greater chance of success if at the critical moment they say to themselves, you can do it rather than I can do it. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, you like it, dear? Well, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Bangor University analysed 22 cyclists undertaking a series of 10K time trials. They found those who used the second person consistently completed the trial quicker, produced more power. They could have just been better cyclists. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, <clears throat> scientists already what know... about that. third person? What, it, what you start saying, <laughs> you can do it, Andy Jacobs. Andy <laughs> Jacobs knows he can do it. Um, yeah, I don't think that's going to work. Scientists already know that <laughs> self-talk can have a positive effect on athletes. Until now, no one has questioned 
question whether the precise grammar made any difference. So there we are, boffin chat. Perhaps uh, Joe Conte can take a bit of it. I, yeah, that I, was, I, I sort of felt, I, I sort of softened, after watching that film last week, it really had an effect on me. because I've What, been the, some, the, the, the Edge, edge. the film about cricketers? I've been about, so critical of sports people over yeah. the years, and you do realise, they. I mean, on the one hand, they earn a lot of money, but on the other hand, you know, they, they're under a lot of pressure. And I, The problem is that she says, she thinks she, I thought Barry Cowns was brilliant on Jim's show, she says she thinks she did her best. Hmm. I mean, blimey, 34 unforced errors, I hate to say her worst. Yeah, there's a point where you have to. I mean, you know, if we, if we do a Porsche show or something goes or an OB that goes, it's no point pretending it was all right and saying oh, I'm pleased with that. You've got to be honest with yourself and say, well, that wasn't the best one we've ever done, or that wasn't great. You know? Yeah, it's the only way you progress, isn't it? But anyway, that's down to her, I suppose. Um, somebody, this was a good letter though in the Sun today about tennis commentaries. Sheila Marshall wrote to the Sun. She said, what is the point of having commentators at Wimbledon? Commentary. All they seem to do is criticise the underdog, laugh at mistakes and state the obvious. John McEnroe clearly thinks he won every game in his life and never made a mistake, judging by his comments during the Roger Federer-Matteo Berrettini match. You think, well, Sheila, he's probably won a lot few more Grand Slams than you have for a start. Yeah, well, he's John McEnroe. That. He's absolutely entitled to have, you know, be critical. What would be the point? BBC pay him a fortune. People complain and say... Why are they paying John McEnroe 250 grand for Wimbledon and he's un- he hasn't got an opinion? Did you, Andrew Dillon's fine column, I've been enjoying that in the, from Wimbledon mm. in the Sun. He's, he's, he's like, turned up some interesting stories. And he's gone into the archives. You're sitting there today, Andy. Fred Perry. In a black Fred Perry. Mm. And, uh, of course, it was only tennis players, well, Fred mainly, this who is wore a them initially. One. They're very, there's lots of different types. You but know. the fact oh, yeah. you can have a Japanese Fred Perry imported from Japan mm. um, is all thanks to a bunch of West Ham fans. Uh, mm. I never knew this story. Did you know yes, this? Yes, I did know this. You didn't know it was them? I didn't, but West it reminded me, yeah. Yeah, West Ham's fashion-conscious fans, he says, um, got together in 1957 to ask if it was possible to reproduce a shirt in the club's claret and blue colours. Until then... They still do it. They the still make year. it, and they do the... I've got the reverse one, the sky blue with the sort of burgundy. It's nice. Well, until that point, they were probably just making them for, as tennis, but I didn't think of them. There was no such real... Was there a thing called leisure wear in the 50s, Andy? Do you remember? <laughs> Do you remember leisure wear then? People used to go to football matches in a suit and tie with a hat, didn't they? No, leisure wear's a new thing, really. Yeah. So well done to West Ham fans. Uh, yeah. One if, if the club got a little percentage of that, <laughs> they could probably go and sign Neymar, couldn't they, you would think? It's true. We should say a very happy birthday to uh, our colleague and friend, John Motson. Motty. Yep. It's oh yeah! Birthday today! Happy, Happy birthday, birthday Monty! He'll listening. be uh, rejoining us next season. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. So yeah, I won't say how old he is. You can probably guess. And do you um, want me to guess? Well, you can if you want. Twenty-one. No, I'm exactly trying right. to get on side. <laughs> what is Monty? He's got to be <sighs> producer, got it? John, Did he get it? Yeah, seventy. Three. 74. He was oh, 73 okay. yesterday. You would have been right. Happy birthday, John. And uh, Bayern are up to Bayern you know, are up to their usual tricks. They're trying to tap up um, Leroy Sarney from uh, Manchester City. Well, they said they can't afford him, hasn't well, well, yeah. They they claim they've been priced out by mm. City's insane financial de- demands. Well, what, that's what they do, Bayern. They tap up the player so he's interested because yeah. Sarney, it's obvious Sarney's not exactly thrilled about being at Man City at the moment. And there's a few problems with Pep. And he's a great player and a German international. But, you know, they get annoyed than if the other club doesn't fold. You know, they're perfectly entitled to say... That, I mean, any by any measure, Leroy Sarney in this market is a £70 million player. Mm. If you don't want to pay that, then don't go in for him. That's what he costs. You can always get the player's brother to uh, 
So he let him go to the club he loves for half the price. That sometimes works. Oh, does it really? Mm. But I noticed Bayern are very fond of this. You know, we're Bayern and you, and you should just fall over in front of us and come and join us for, for less money than you're worth. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Yes, I Butcher. Uh, yes, that Mark Butcher, the former England batsman from his uh, new album, uh, Now Playing, and uh, which is with us in the studio. Good to see you. How are you, gents? Very good to see you. Yeah, I, I think most people, if they follow cricket and they follow sport, know that uh, that you are a singer-songwriter, musician. But uh, is it, for those that don't, um, <laughs> how, how long have you been doing this? Oh, like, well, since probably since I was 17 or 18. Um, so it kind of ran concurrent with when I first signed um signed terms with Surrey back as, as a 17 year old in, yeah. sort of at the end of 1989 or the sort of the, the autumn of 1989 um so I'd always sort of played and sang or at least I, I sort of taught myself how to play guitar from about the age of 12 um and you know I'd, I'd kind of written songs tentatively mm. um and the the thing that kind of kicked it off was a well it was a horrific thing it was um, Ben Holyoke's death in 2002 in New Zealand um I, I wrote a song um, called "You're Never Gone." Um, that the family asked if I play at the the the, uh, the memorial service at Southwark Cathedral, um, and uh, you know, so that that happened. Terrifying as, and, and, and awful as that yeah. was, yeah. Um, and then the, the family asked if I'd record it, and um, we um, you know we sold the, the sort of the single C- CD single as it was back then. Hmm. Um, uh, you know, for for the Ben Hollyoak Foundation for the charity, and in doing that. Um, sort of meeting with sort of producers and various musicians and all those other kinds of things. The the, the idea of um, you know getting collections of songs together and, and putting out an album sort of came came about and and I and that that led to the first one that I released in 2010 called um, Songs from the Sunhouse. Um, and of course, I've been in such a such a, a rush. Um, after the uh, the clamour for, for more after that one, and it's taken me it's well, taken it's me nine it. years to, nine years to get round to the next one. Yeah, it's great. I remember uh, playing in a Bunbury game with you, and uh, you you and your band sort of impromptu played after the game finished, and it was great. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, well, that, I mean, that but that's been... different to this. That was a much more sort of livey thing. This sounds like a much more produced, you know, a different sort of. Yeah, level. yeah, absolutely. The, the um, you know, this this is this is a. A, a proper piece of work, I, mm. I would guess. I mean, which is not to say that the, the first one um, nine years ago wasn't. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm sort of older and wiser and more experienced in the in in, in the business and in the art of um, making records. And the people that I that I work with are also, um, you know, in, incredibly good. Um, the, the guy who played bass on here um, by the name of Andy Lewis, who's the sort of the first contact in terms of getting the the album together. Um, he'd been in um, Weller's band for since sort of the early 2000s up to oh. about 2015, 16. Um, his partner in crime who ended up being the, the sort of the main producer of the record, Pete Twyman, has, has worked on, 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 on so many sort of yeah, uh, projects from uh, Britpop back in the, you know, in the mid-90s mm. and whatever up to the present day. Um, and, you know, the players are all, are all fabulous. So uh, basically what happened was we kind of, we, we got together, we sort of talked about the idea of, of, of what sort of record we want to make. 
Um, and it was kind of almost a little bit of a throwback in terms of you know instrumentation and all that kind of stuff. But the, but the idea was to try and have to try and put sort of like ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen singles yeah. on a, on an album. Um, <coughs> and and I think I think we pulled it off. I think you know, but pretty, by and large, pretty much any one of them we could have decided to have pulled out of the of the set to, to release as the album. The country that was was the first one was kind of the one that, that got the, the the strongest reaction from people the first time they heard mm. it. Um, and yeah, I think we pulled it off. I mean, listen, whatever. I'm not saying it's going to be out selling Coldplay or anything, <laughs> but you know, what I mean? you know what I mean. It's, I'm, I'm really, really proud of it. That's great. Um, and um, you know, it's it's been a, a proper labour of love for me. You get a sense from that some of the kind of influences there, but sort of who are the people you've kind of grew up listening to? What's kind of in the pot when you write songs? Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, when I when I write songs, they're they're generally from either things that i'm seeing or things i've experienced mm. myself from you know there's a couple of a couple of things on there that are, that are extremely personal um but a lot of the stuff is is just you know kind of eyes open keeping your eye you know what, what's going on around us um in in this country and you know and, and the wider the wider world outside of that um and you know in, t- in terms of you know I, i'm a guitar player so i yeah. kind of you know my you know jimmy hendrix and and eric clapson sort of great idols of mine when i was yeah. a kid which is not to say that the, the the record is heavily sort of guitar you know there's not wailing guitar solos all over mm. the place there are there are one or two because i enjoy doing that but again <laughs> the um the uh you know the, the premise was to make pop records okay so you weren't there wasn't it wasn't going to be all about sort of like um showing off one particular instrument it was going to be about how do you how do you put all of these elements together in do order you- to make a, a a hummable, singable, maybe even danceable song. Sure. Did you enjoy the recording process? Because it can be long and and frustrating. Yeah, well, and, um, we, that that part of it was um, three days. We did down at um, a place called Sunshine Corner Studios in Fleet, um, and and the drummer um, Smiley Bernard, who, who plays with the he's out on tour with the Alarm, I think at the moment. Mm. Um, it's his his studio. We went down there, we set everything up, and we played it pretty much um, as a four piece band. Um, live over the course of two and a half days, and then I put the sort of the guide vocal, some of which survived to to, to be the the end takes, um, but most of them were guide vocals on in the sort of like the last half an afternoon. So we, it was real fast, you know, a sort of old, very sort of like coming back to please please me or something. Yeah, the people's <laughs> like, yeah you've got it's mm. really expensive, so we need to do this as quickly as possible. Mm, that's good. Um, and but then after that, you know, we we took we then took our time and um and and Pete took all of the. All of the I was going to say tapes. They're obviously not tapes. No. <laughs> you know, took all, took all the recordings back, and and we and we went back and forth to, depending on where I was in the world. You know, and be off commentating somewhere, or um, you know, uh, with the. the with ideas about what what we might want to do in terms of production, in order to to either bring it up to date or to to, to take it completely out of date mm. or whatever, um, and so yeah, so that part of it took in the end about two and a half two and a half years. Wow! Um, from not not because we were we were idling through it yeah. or everything, but just because sometimes it wasn't possible for me to be anywhere near it. Or sure. Pete had other things to do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Although if Pete was here, he would say, "Well, you know, you you might have been having some time off, but I was at it the whole time." <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, but that, that's how it happened. Well, um, you can do some gigs around the albums at the point. Yeah. Well, the the whole thing kind of. Um, 
in the end, we rushed it out because there's, I don't know if you know, there's a, there's a Cricket World Cup going on. Oh, yeah. Um, <coughs> and yes, coming so, to an interesting conclusion. So we figure, we kind of figured that it would, it would be useful mm. if um, it would be a good idea to sort of put it out while the World Cup's on and so that there's, you know, there are opportunities for sort of promotion and all that kind of stuff. But what that meant was, because we made the, the late decision to do that, that we didn't really have time to put together a, a bunch of dates and things like mm. that for, for, for live stuff. So we played... Oh, India, no, no they no, haven't no, just lost no one's we a replay. Do that. We <laughs> do that. We do that. Replays all day. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, so I pl- we played a, we played a, a gig for the launch at Nails in West Croydon last last Friday. Or yeah. Friday just gone, um, and we're basically um, looking to put together some sort of a, a, a mini tour um, in the UK um, for sort of. October, November Excellent. time because you know there's there's money to be earned and stuff. I've got I've got to work during the summer. Of course, the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. It's intriguing now, oh, isn't it? Because you're starting riveting. to see, we were just saying, you're starting to see the, as they pile the run, runs on in, you're starting to see the old New Zealand bowlers just starting to get a bit tense, bowling a bit looser, not quite yes, as well as they one were. One of the New Zealand fans in the gallery is oh, yeah. a little bit nervous. The man with the Kiwi blood, is uh, <laughs> he is getting rather nervous in there. But uh, we'll keep an eye on that one for you. Back to Guy Swindles. Uh, we'll decide who England or Australia will play, of course, in the final. Can't be many people who support Torquay United and New Zealand cricket. Let's it's, be honest. It makes you interesting at parties. Who <laughs> Well, it's Torquay United and, and the Kiwi cricket team, mainly. And the All Blacks, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. there'll be another one. Who'd be a, a, a Uganda at netball? And I don't ask me why I'm not prepared. You know, one of those, wouldn't not it? Quite, not, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not prepared. Just take it as read that. Somebody make themselves interesting by... It's yeah. a good idea. If you want to make up a complete set of teams that you support, <laughs> we're happy to take it. And we'll take the best combo. We'll go... We'll pack 
pat that person on the back later on. Comes up with the best collection of four sports teams in any sport you like to make you really interesting at a party. Mm. So you give us the four teams and we'll put it to, to the listeners and we'll put it to Andy and he'll say, yeah, I want to know that person. <laughs> I want to spend some time uh, with them. Mumbai Indians, Green Bay Packers. Yeah. <laughs> who else would it be? Colchester United. Colchester United. And, and um, who else would be in there? Oh, I know. Uh, Southgate Hockey. Southgate Hockey, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, uh, yeah, I'd want to talk to you to an, for a short time anyway. For a very short time. Talksport.com forward slash H&J. Text to 81089. Tweet to TSH&J. A kind of eclectic lineup of sports teams that you fictionally support that would make you dead interesting not you're not dead interesting at the moment I'm sure you are uh, yes uh, football fans are a funny breed aren't they my uh, Twitter is alive with Tottenham fans saying oh cryptic message from uh, uh, Danny Caballos over he's at Universal Studios with, mm. obviously with a family in uh, in Florida and um, he sent out a picture of him in one of these street scenes. He's in a London phone box. Oh. On the, he's in a look. He's in a, Andy, have a look. He's in a London phone box there on the uh, <laughs> phone. And he sent that on Instagram cryptically. That is And uh, you start to think, oh, what's going He'd on there? He'd be a good signing. And I think really for the sake of the... I shouldn't really want Tottenham to do well, but for the sake of the league and for it not just being a two-horse race... Mm. You know, what Tottenham are doing is very interesting and hopefully from your point of view, not from my point of view, obviously, yeah. um, they'll be able to mount a challenge as well. They're I not that what? far away anyway and if you add three three good players, well, you know, quality It's been players. interesting because I think as a club, uh, maybe because we've not bought anybody for a while and that we've kind of always been in that slight also-ram bracket, I think quite a lot of fans are conditioned to the idea you can only have one good player in one position because a lot of people are saying, well, well we don't need Caballos, we got Harry Winks. Yeah, we have got Harry Winks, but you need more than one good like player Pep Guardiola in the position. Saying, yeah, yeah. I don't need Gabriel Casey I've got Aguero. Yeah, you, you know, you need, you know, if you you need build alternatives. You know, look at Liverpool's options in midfield and the difference that makes yeah, you know that couple of players injured and they you know so, they you know you're playing what 38 and cups and I mean, of course that 60 games you need a big you want squad. depth in the squad and you know good players like Winks and Cabal still kind of react to the competition yeah. so uh, the one they, they need to back up is Kane that's a nice shot yeah um, that's one that's need. a that's a problem situation because all yeah. you know most strikers want to play I mean I know mm. they've looked at one or two they've looked at a young Spanish striker at Real Madrid but I think I mean let's be honest Lorente did a job. He got yeah. you into the he basically his performance. The second half against Ajax got you into the final. Really, yeah. no, he he, he you know. was he was effective at times. But so you do need he does need backup, and he is a bit injury prone. Kane, yeah. he normally has a little spell. That's the thing, you as know. you said, Andy. You know, if you are coming in as a backup striker, Harry Kane, you're probably still going to get. 15 games, aren't you? Yeah, really? starts they're, and they're, you're going to yeah. come on as well. There's a weakness. There seems to be, sadly, a bit of a weakness in that ankle. I mean, it's happened that many times. Sure. He's probably going to end up with the best one in the world, missing a few weeks. Yeah, Touch what he won't, absolutely. but he will. Yeah, no. That's why I, I, I would have loved Rondon. I mean, if he's going to go to China, I think Rondon would be fantastic. Oh, I, yeah. I've, someone that I think mm. could come in, whether he want to be a backup, I don't know. Or, or you know, good, good players will say they'll fight for their place, but... Uh, I've always quite rated him. I think he'd be oh, yeah, good. Nice, but, yeah. uh, I, think, I think he's off to join Rafa. Like he's off to join Rafa. He Raffa, can't yeah. match the wages. Uh, 50 up for uh, Jadeja. He's hit some very good shots, including <laughs> a big meaty six. Uh, 166 yeah, for six. He's not sure confidence, is he? He's swinging no. his bat there and celebrating in an amazing well, way. Well, you know, I think mean, he probably knows it's an important knock. So, a bit of pressure on there. 41 overs they've got. Well, they've got eight and a, eight and a bit overs left, haven't they? Um, and they need 74 from 49 balls. Which is doable, isn't Oh, it? for them, More it's well doable. doable. It's just the wickets. If they were only four down, you'd say they were yeah. definitely going to do it. Here, they've got no margin of error. If they lose a wicket, 
whoever's left has got to basically do it on, in the, on their own. And, and he's saying it like a beach ball at the moment. He's looking oh, he's good. Really he hasn't missed. He's been, he's been... You're going to bock him, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, oh right. there's no ball. See, they're getting Don't rattled. They are getting rattled, definitely. Ooh, John, there, John's yeah. panicking now. Told you. Their old bowling's gone to pot now. They're getting all <laughs> tense because they, they can see the headlines. A game that was in their grasp is suddenly not, is it? So uh, I'm at this party and there's uh, old mate Jody Bowman. Oh, I like Jody. He's very interesting Jody man. And he yeah. said, uh, just remind me, Jody, of your uh, four sports teams that you follow. And he said, well, you know, H.M., it's uh, Argentina rugby, the Miami <laughs> Dolphins, Chicago Bulls <laughs> and Exning United Youth. <laughs> That's very interesting. That's yeah. good. Good one from, uh, what we got here, Ray, in Edinburgh. Um, where he's down there with a glass of red wine, keeping everybody fascinated by oh, yeah. tales of Windsor Park Polo, <laughs> the Chinese national badminton team, <laughs> the Afghan synchronised swimmers, and Hibs. Brilliant. And Hibs, just to kick that this one might in. might be a genuine one. Yeah, that's quite nice. Um, and uh, Ian. Uh, yeah. He has gone with um, Tamworth as his football team, yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course, a lot of ice hockey, hockey yeah. the New York Jets, and Warwickshire. <laughs> so a nice eclectic That's lineup. Who's possible. the most interesting? I, 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 who am I? Who am I sticking with at the moment? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn really. Uh, I like Possibly, the, you yeah, like? No, I liked um, what's his name? Ray in Edinburgh. Ray, okay, Ray. Ray at the moment. He did put Hibs in, which is obviously yeah. his real team. Yeah. Ray, thank you, everybody. Ray, you're the most interesting person at this particular <laughs> gathering at the moment with the. Your very eclectic lineup of sports teams. They can be from any sport, um, but um, let us know. Talksport.com forward slash H and J. You can text to 81089 or you can tweet to TSH and J. That's TSH A N D J. Uh, in the uh, beer garden tomorrow afternoon, the pub garden mm. with our good friends at Green King, with England playing Australia in a, a Cricket World Cup semi final, we'll be uh, dusting off a bit of old F.S. Truman, the Marvelous. great Fred Truman from the archives, and uh, playing you a little bit of that. So great. I like the sound of that. Three o'clock tomorrow. Good. So, uh, I've got, I love this. Every, it's a sort of annual mm. story. I love a Jobsworth, a Wimbledon Jobsworth. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, Blake was watching the practice at, uh, uh, I think it's called Rangi Park, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he dared to remove his coat in sweltering conditions, only to be ticked off by a supervisor who told him it's not hot enough. <laughs> Honestly, what's the point, really? Um, Stu Brumhill's been in touch. He said, I heard Andy mention earlier on about the notion of a post-show review. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a chance to be a fine thing. <laughs> yeah. um, in my mind, I do. Yeah, and he said, what about the idea of a post-show <laughs> post press conference every day? So Andy's sitting in front of the press and uh, the journalist says... Uh, Andy Dunn comes in. <laughs> yeah, and he just says, uh, Andy, you know, you made 34 unforced errors today. And uh, like, that's, if, that's you if you want to get... Well, I'm quite chuffed with that, he says, Andy. Thanks, that's great. Thanks to everybody <laughs> IBM for recording that. So, and you know, do you ever, if you ever really want to move on in broadcasting, don't you think? And he says, "Don't patronise me." <laughs> you are being, yeah, thirty-four unforced errors. Absolutely no chance of moving on <laughs> in broadcasting. You'd be <laughs> chuffed, wouldn't Never you? Never going to happen. Saga could be looking. For, I say Saga could be. <laughs> looking. Could be. I said Saga <laughs> could be looking for somebody. They have extra loud headphones. At Saga. <laughs> I think they do. You probably do. So yeah. they're, they're looking for. No, they're looking for someone. <laughs> the Hawks. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. It's always a pleasure to see uh, the impressionist John Colshaw. Good to see you, John. Always a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for having me back. Oh, and John, you. you popped up on my telly last night. I was watching um, oh, yes. BBC Four running a series of a, a old arena programmes. Ah. It was about spitting image, about how it was made, who was in it, and 
a very, very young John Coleshaw oh, appeared yes. there talking. It's a yes. fascinating program and a fascinating time for you, I should think. Yes, I, I joined in 1994, um, around about the same time that Alistair McGowan did as well. Mm. Uh, I was just recognising his voice in one of the commercials there. Mm. And we, we started around about that time. And uh, yeah, very, very exciting to record the voices on a Tuesday and a Friday. The puppets would then be filmed to, uh, to mm. the soundtrack we'd provided, ready for Sunday. And the, the last bit of fun you could squeeze out of the weekend yeah. was was spitting image. Half killed John Lloyd though. It was a pretty gruelling schedule, pretty gruelling show yeah. to make. And Peter Harris was the director in the early. I, mm. I did a little bit of writing mm. on it in, in earlier vintage in the sort of sort of eighty five, eighty six. Wow. When Chris Barry was doing voices yeah. and stuff, but they would be the director, Peter Harris. They'd be often filming mm. stuff about quarter ten, the last just doing the last bits of editing, real up to date topical gags before the show went out at ten o'clock. Oh yes, any little idea that comes in yeah. uh, that there were certain sets and puppets that were set up ready to go quickly mm. uh, for when something happened just to grab a headline mm. so yes it, it it never stopped being made until the show had finished being broadcast I sure think. yeah yeah now dead ringers uh, live you're going to be taken up to uh, edinburgh the 2nd to the 13th of uh, august the pleasance mm, um and yes. y yourself, Jam Ravens, uh, Lewis McLeod and Duncan Wisby. Yes, exactly. D Duncan's our cricket expert. Ah. Does <laughs> he uh, do all the commentators? Yes, very often he'll just go into a boik, you know, like that. That's lazy <laughs> cricket is that. Very often he'll just go into it. Um, but yes, we're, we're looking forward to that yeah, once again. Yeah, it should we're looking be fun. To that. So uh, is it uh, a few, uh, some old faves? A lot of, I mean, it's often called very topical dead ringers as well, isn't it, of course? Yes, the, uh, the, the first opening mm. sketches will be brand new new stuff every day depending on what's happened oh, wow as they call the donald what's he done now what has he done now what has he done now uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was it vintage donald this week wasn't it where they secured the airports uh, oh, that's uh yeah that's it's fantastic isn't it i mean knowing paul revere could have done it all by drone now <laughs> it just it, it, why, why bother riding that horse on the show we had written the most bizarre sketch and then <laughs> donald makes his real speech which is only slightly less bizarre than what had been <laughs> invented for him in extremes. <laughs> the, uh, it just never yeah. seems to affect him, though. It doesn't seem, no. doesn't matter how, what gaffes he makes, how bad he looks, he's just got the thickest skin. The, the thinnest and the thickest skin. Yes, yeah. precisely. It's an well, odd combination, yeah. isn't it? Uh, topical stories don't last very long with him. He will have done something, he will have said something. I think George W. Bush came out with a, a rather witty comparison. <laughs> How'd you like me now? <laughs> <laughs> We're going through the worst constitutional crisis in American history since the one ten minutes ago. <laughs> it's given him a bit of impact. He's got yeah. this classic style. He'll basically sort of insult kids. Kim Jong, and then he'll say he's a great bloke, and then he'll yeah. say he's an idiot, and then he'll say we've done a deal with him. He, it's wow. a sort of the Theresa May you know, flip flop. It's great. Yeah. Dude. You did a fantastic job. You're an amazing person, and no one could have done what you. And now you you made a real mess of this two weeks later. <laughs> a great guy, a loser. A great guy, a loser. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> now, um, have you been working on your Jeremy Hunt uh, over the last few weeks, John? It's one that I was wondering about. Yeah, you know. it's a difficult one you'll, to, you'll be to hoping. pull off. Yeah. Isn't it? it is. Yeah. A a little bit you have to sit down and go right what we got to work with here what we got to work with his interview style is a little bit like an apologetic football manager in many ways there's something sort of apologetic and trying to keep control of the situation in his general body language but you never know when inspiration will strike you and uh, just a couple of days ago i was in a post office and a, a bolt of inspiration that's how to do it that's how to decode jeremy hunt mm. i heard a voice 
Cashier number four, please. <laughs> Cashier number two, please. That's him. That's Jeremy Hunt. Wow. I mean, Boris, though, of course, he's, he's it's a richer seam, I would imagine. Is there more to go at? It's almost too much. Yeah. Almost. Uh, the uh, you know the two-speed uh, Boris, where he is uh, in this kind of mode, uh, thinking, right, OK, I have to try to at least sound prime ministerial, and uh, it really boils down to he can only get one word out at a time with this uh, level of concentration, but it's never far away from... Ah! <laughs> Nonsensical Boris bounds through. That's incredible. That's yeah, so accurate. Well, it's brilliant. Um, now, we often ask you, as, as we talk sport, you, yeah. you do have a few great sporting impressions in your locker, John. Don't you? The one we always ask you, but the one that we cannot believe is coming from your frame is is Frank Bruno. Oh, it's well, otherworldly <laughs> almost, isn't it? It's, it's, I, I love listening to, um, to sporting impressions. You know, mm-hmm. Darren Farley, who does all oh, the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Fantastic, and, and and Connor as well, who does so many wonderful sporting uh, characters. I started out on on the nineties boxers. Um, no, very definitely, Frank. I've just got to, you know push it right down into my you know into my diaphragm down there. No, that's it. I'm happy with it now. Happy with that now. <laughs> You've done that for Frank, I take it. I imagine he likes it. Doesn't oh, he? He's, yeah, he's absolutely wonderful with it. it. It brings out a bit more Bruno-ness yeah. in Frank. He plays. Is along with it, you know? I, I, I do a thing where I, uh, I listen. I, I listen to match. I watch match of the day. I record the manager, and then I try and do his voice either with him or just a se- second after his sentence. Uh, yeah. It's absolutely useless. Yeah, they all they all sound a bit like Joe Gladwin, don't they? The old the old actor from the the past, oh, or Mister Kipling. It were a game of two halves. It were. <laughs> if we'd have said we'd be four points off playoff positions at start of the season, we'd have taken. <laughs> that is the listen. Frank yeah. Zola is actually Italian Joe Gladwin. He is Italian Joe Gladwin. Listen to him. Listen, it's it's he is Joe Gladwin with an Italian accent. Are there any any that you really particularly enjoy? Are there some you say, I get on to, I can't wait to do that in, in Dead Ringers tonight or get get to Edinburgh and do that one. You, do, you en- do you really kind of enjoy it? Oh, I, I, I can remember, um, you know, the, the first time I watched Andy Murray um, and, you know, that sense of great yeah. hope, which he's, he still has. Yeah. He still has. You know, Tim Henman had been sort of been sounding a little bit like Jack D, uh, yeah. as, as Alistair pointed out. Was, yeah, you know, that kind of sound. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, Andy came in with this, like, unmistakable. <laughs> and I thought, that is so recognisable. We are going to use that for many, many years to come. <laughs> and he, he's, he's still, um, he's still, he's just so instantly recognisable and an impersonator's dream, really. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, that's, I, I could, you kind of, like we said, all, I suppose all, all impressions, there's a kind of the cheese and tomato of the pizza base. You can, I had a little bit of Sean Connery in there. I suppose that feeds into Andy Murray. And, and, uh, a little bit of um, William Hague as well. They're, they're, yes. they're kind of they blend. It's like it's yes. like a mix. Isn't now it? we could look at those all individually. Sure, yeah. yes, the Sean sound would be across here, <laughs> and uh, the William Hague sound would be like that and mix them together. And of course, see, it's just, it's, it, it just I think sometimes we, we've talked he about says, this. I know he just says mine are all John Arlott bass. Yeah, no, but you can you can hear you can hear that kind of how you arrive at that and the kind of yeah, the, the road the, maybe the subconscious road. Uh, to it. Oh, exactly. Well. It's like mixing a little cake mix. It and, is, um, yeah, yeah. Do you ever use it? I mean, on the phone, do you ever use sort of, 
you know, if you, you want to fool somebody or you, or if you're dealing with somebody that's annoying that you we might... We fancy a table in a restaurant <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's John Coltshaw yeah, hasn't in, worked. In any way, really. Yeah. I used to, I used to, I used to, uh, you know, have a... I used to enjoy certain things like that. My, my favourite, and I'll, I'll still do it now, is if the doorbell goes and you can see in the little inter, intercom screen, it might mm. be somebody wanting to read the Bible to you or yeah. whoever rings the doorbell. And I, I will always, uh, I will always employ Tom Baker's Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> or perhaps Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> so I'm sorry I cannot speak to you at this time. I have something of great importance to take care of, something that involves the whole future of your species. And just to watch them on the little mo- intercom monitor. Mischievously amusing. Has that, have you been asked in the past to basically play the part of someone, to kind of a one-man show, to actually kind of inhabit somebody for, say, an hour or something? Have you done that in the past or thought yes, about I've, doing that? I've done a few dramas like yeah. that, uh, actually. I, I played David Bowie. Um, in a, a, a drama for the World Service, um, wow. which was an amazing thing to do. I mean, mm. I've always been a great Bowie fan, but to study him and really get into mm. his thoughts. And what sort feelings. of vintage Bowie? What sort of era was this you were playing? Uh, it, it was actually set during the time he was recording his final album, uh, Black oh, Star. I, I thought well. he was a bit Tony Newley. I thought he had a yeah. bit of that. He did have a little bit of that going the on. The final take, it was it was called, and um, I remember just stumbling across a, a YouTube clip. And it was this wonderful piece of wisdom from David Bowie. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, if you feel comfortable in your job, you're probably not in the right, you're probably not working in the right area. Always go a little further into the water than you feel you're capable of being in. Go a little bit out of your depth. And when you feel your feet aren't quite touching the bottom, then you're just about in the right place to do something exciting. Wow. Oh, what a great piece of wisdom. Yes, <laughs> you, uh, we've got Eamon Holmes here at Talk Radio. You do a bit of Eamon? Uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, let's take a look. It's uh, just coming up to... A quarter to four right now. These are the latest sporting stories with Hoxby and Jacobs. This is what we're talking about. So we it's are. Good stuff. Yeah. So, so in, are. with That's Dead right. Ringers, um, so you've, you've got to Jan on hand as well for some sort of brilliant uh, women. You do, I mean, I, I see that a part of the set, Theresa May, I take it you don't do Theresa, Jan does. Yes, she? Jan, Jan does, Jan does. Yeah. Um, and she's made these wonderful observations. Jan will miss Theresa May. I know she, she was rather, mm. I think she was rather emotional when Mrs May was making her re- mm. re- resignation speeches and so on. You, you do get quite attached to your characters yeah. in a way. And Jan pointed out this, um, the sort of two tones to Theresa May's voice, diplophonic is the word. Oh, yeah. is it? There's a word, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Diplophonic. It's never been used on talk sport before. No, it's, it's a first. It's yes, a I first. think that would be, that would be a great uh, Mr. Eubank word. <laughs> it's um, it a diplo, diplophonic to, to speak in the way. <laughs> is there one you miss finally, uh, John? I mean, get with it. Is there one you think they're, they're kind of, they're at this probably one or two you can't do anymore that you used to do back in the day for reasons we won't go into but um, they're they're probably some that you never get the opportunity to do that you think you know just now and again just get out my system yep Tony Blair was interesting (laughs) you know slightly Dalek like in a way Uh, the aforementioned George W (laughs) but there are those you know the the 90s boxers which are a great favourite of mine and uh, because they come through uh, as pundits and commentators Mm. now you know hey Lennox Lewis will always go oh boy hey you know look uh, Josh was going to come right back from this. You know, I remember, you know, bouts that I had where, hey, oh boy, you can get caught out, but he has the professionalism and, uh, and the, the far sightedness. He will come through and, and be better.
better for it. That, that's what the sport of boxing is all about. <laughs> Did you ever do Nigel Benn in that sort of era? Oh, listen, you know, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Look, you know, I've got the punching power to completely outfox Doug DeWitt. You know, listen, you know, hit him with the one punch, he'll take the punch. You've got to come in with a succession of blows. But I went out there and I, I stopped him and I'm proud that I stopped him. <laughs> You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. There we are. That was uh, this afternoon's show. And we return tomorrow from one with uh, all the usual rubbish. And, uh, well, that's it, basically, isn't it? Thank you ever so much for uh, listening today. And, uh, yeah, try and join us at uh, one tomorrow. Or if not, download the podcast again. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.